deciding who wins the game on this call. Without further ado, the call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with. JD. What's going on, man? You're getting pretty good at a dramatic pause before my name. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like I owe it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm plenty dramatic. I don't need any assistance. <laughs> Plus, it's just fun. Uh, How are we doing? I'm, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing tonight? Hey, uh, I'm doing much better than I have been the last couple of days because football's back on, so let's do this. Uh, I like it. Well, you know, I uh, I don't have any bourbon tonight because, you know, that I'm... <laughs> That's going to tell you how my week went last week, but... Because uh, you're out of bourbon? Because <laughs> I drank it all before I could get here, yes. Uh, Good Lord. That week couldn't have uh, drawn any more opposite than week one, to be honest with you. Uh, it was a uh, total, total washout on, on all fronts for me, so... Um, Luckily, I've got something very tasty to wet my whistle while we go through this process here tonight. And I got a, uh, I, I saw they were going to release this beer earlier this week, and I thought, man, that looks really good. But there's just no way in hell I'm going to be able to get my hands on it because I just don't have the time to get out there. And uh, I jokingly said something to my wife last night, you know, hey, if you got nothing to do, it'd be awesome. And you know what? She's pretty freaking awesome because she went and got me the Bug House Square from Hot Butcher. And this is like a pillowy cloud of wonderful, juicy hops. And it is just fantastic. Wow, look at that. What are you, like 15 plus years of marriage now? Like 17 years of marriage? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's good, man. Uh, no wonder you guys are still married. She's willing to do stuff like that for you. Yeah. You know, every <laughs> now and then we surprise each other. So, <laughs> oh, all right. This just turned into a marriage advice show. Every now and then, just surprise your spouse in a in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got uh, anything to uh, sip on tonight? Um, not no. Yeah. <laughs> I the the classic water. It just a. Uh, Schedule has not allowed me to get to the store, and uh, you know how it is with a, a three-month-old. The wife isn't running out to the liquor store either, so. Yeah, I hear you. Actually, with, with a three-month-old, you guys both need liquor. <laughs> yeah, but you can't take them into the store, so, uh, you know. Oh, man, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, put a disguise on him. <laughs> I'm going to put a Gardner Minshew mustache on him and see if they'll let him in. Like, like that like that Photoshop I did. Or... Uh... Oh, man. Well, anyhow, 
since uh, since we got that out of the way, how did you do last week? Well, it, it looks like you and me flipped roles from week one to week two. Week one was a total wash for me. Uh, I tweaked my process just a little bit and ended up uh, doubling my entries from last week. So I finished uh, fifth in a 75-man uh, tourney, uh, I, actually the same one that I believe you won last week. I was really hoping to go back-to-back weeks of another bad call winning the same tournament, but it just it didn't play out. Uh, I was actually sitting in second place until uh, the last five minutes of that Chiefs-Raiders game where Tyrell Williams was injured and uh, the Raiders just decided they didn't need to play defense anymore, so Mahomes threw for another 100-plus yards. Uh, that dropped me down three spots, uh, which hurts, but you know what? I still came out ahead, so... I had a pretty good week as far as the DFS side goes. Uh, The season long did not go nearly as well. I lost uh, three of my games uh, by less than five points. So that was a little frustrating, but again, stick with the process and the results will come. Just hopefully they come before I get knocked out of playoff contention. (laughs) I hear you, bud. Uh, yeah, DraftKings was not too kind to me this week. Uh, my cash lineup, which I usually is pretty reliable for me as far as uh, at least, you know, easing the pain so much, but uh, I completely blanked on this one. Uh, didn't hate my process, except uh, I guess the biggest thing is I should have considered uh, Josh Jacobs a little less of a home run threat uh seeing as he doesn't have that um passing game involvement and, and you knew they were going to be playing from behind so uh got that that's one thing i gotta take into consideration um I, I was too zoned in and locked in on that play other than that i don't hate the plays that i made um i think alvin kamara was a victim of the Drew Brees injury and just uh, it kind of really took the uh, wind out of the sails for New Orleans in that game. So, um, yeah, that's about all I got to say. I, I, I won. Uh, I played forty head-to-heads up head last week, and I only won three. Um, and 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 obviously wasn't good enough to make the cut on any 50-50s or anything. So, And, you know, I didn't have anything um, grow too well in tournaments, but, you know, you're not going to have that every week. So, you know, that, that's why you play cash and try to ease the blow. When you don't do that, it, it hurts for the week. So we're back at it. I'm, I'm feeling uh, decent about the process going for, so far this week. I've, I'm, I've kind of been uh, trying to open up my mindset a little bit and uh, consider more possibilities. So I think we're going to be, we'll be back on track. Uh, and, I, and season long, <laughs> after scoring high score in both leagues last week, uh, didn't, didn't fare so well this week. Uh, and my, my big league that I play with, with the guys uh, ended up losing by just uh, two points. Um, after getting zero out of Alshon on Sunday night, so that that kind of really, really bites the big one. <laughs> yeah, the Alshon uh, injury was a a big killer. So minus your 
uh, bad call of the week last week. You know, our official bad call of the week within your tournament or cash lineups. Who was your who was your play that you most regret? Most regret? Uh, dang, I don't know. Well, I, I'll I mean, tell you mine I guess, personally. I, I mean, I, I talked about Josh Jacobs. I guess I regret not really thinking about game flow and st- stuff like that. Um, other than that, I don't really. Well, okay. My my regret is my bad call that I you know <laughs> made on on my man Mitch. <laughs> let's let's be honest here. I mean, I I know you were trying to lead me into that, but uh... I, I was actually I, I was gonna skip I was gonna skip that just for a minute. I was gonna I was gonna come back to it so that we could compare your your DFS tournament cash regret to what you said you yeah. thought was going to happen see which one was worse but i mean if you want to go that yeah, yeah mitch was no, yeah, mitch was a really bad bad call. bad, bad goal i, I had um, a lot of uh, a lot of deep thinking about my mitch love <laughs> this past <laughs> week and uh I, let's let's put it this way i don't hate mitch i think he's got some tools um i guess i'm having some buyer's remorse as a bears fan when you see uh, Deshaun Watson and especially Patrick Mahomes just uh, killing it out there. So uh, yeah, it's, I, it's, I've said it before, not... and I keep saying it. Mitch has the potential and the tools. The problem is the Bears are in a very uh, small window that we don't have time to wait for it. So he either needs to step it up now, or we we need to move on. I... Uh, just in my opinion, but um, I forget. My, who, I forget who I heard say it the other day, but uh, someone said that someday Mitch Trubisky might become Joe Flacco, and I said, and and I just that that just broke my heart. <laughs> if that's what we're hoping to to get him to, a, <laughs> what well, level? <laughs> um, Joe Flacco was really good with a strong defense and strong run game. Yeah. Uh, Trubisky was good last year against some bad defenses and the rest of the time he just had to stay out of the way while our defense and run game took care of things I, I uh, think I think last year Matt Nagy helped him a lot, out a lot with some creativity and play calling and, and I don't think he's helping him uh, so far this year he's been hurting him more so um, how about you did you have any uh, big regrets I did my big regret was TJ Hawkinson. Uh, even though he was only 3,000, um, I had him across a lot of my lineups. I, I even did a couple of uh, two tight end lineups with Andrews and uh, Hawkinson because I thought the volume was going to be there. Uh, and at a, you know, Andrews, I think, was at 3,800 last week, and Hawkinson was at 3,000. The volume that I thought was going to come for two players at those prices, it was ridiculous. And Hawkinson got three targets, and he only had one reception. So it it goes to show that uh, from week one to week two, you know, week one you get this quick snapshot of what you think is going to happen, and then uh, in the following weeks you start to get more information and um, what. I think we should be taking away from this. And just if you're looking at it from two weeks is that the chargers are actually really good against the tight end position and uh, Arizona is not. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I don't know if we can really, 
uh, two weeks, I'm not sold on that sample size yet. But I will say that um, while he only had a, a few um, targets last week, he he was out on the field for a majority of the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a rookie tight end. So, yeah, maybe uh, we should temper our expectations a little bit. But uh, I think he's... Uh, He's going to be somebody to keep an eye on going forward. Oh, I 100% agree. Uh, you know, again, that's just that was my my uh, downfall last week was really having uh, Hawkinson. Okay, well, um, if with that being said, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on and get some of our uh, our plays in. That we've been looking at it at the positions this week, and uh, see uh, see if we can't uh, pick it up a notch here with our our analysis. So uh, let's start out at quarterback, and why don't you tell me about this guy you've picked? Because I got a little some reservations. Uh, totally understand the reservations here. Um... I'm going with Matthew Stafford uh, going into Philly at 5,500. And I will say this, that most of my plays this week are coming off of a a model that I've been working on that hopefully soon will be coming to the website. Uh, uh, It's basically a touches needed for value model. And uh, Stafford is averaging 24 points a game. Okay, again, this is through two games, so you you got to take some of it with a grain of salt. 24 points per game, and these are DraftKings points, uh, 41 touches per game. Uh, in order for him to get 3x value, I need him to get 28 touches. Okay? I think there should be zero problems, uh, even with Philly's uh, banged-up receiving core of uh, Stafford needing to throw the ball 30 times, which usually puts me into a minimum of a 3x value. Uh, currently Philadelphia is giving up 27.7 points a game and that's eighth most uh, fantasy points to QBs or DraftKings points to QBs. Uh, so I just think the, the, the price with the amount of attempts that I expect to see happen uh, combined with the uh, amount of points that Philadelphia has given up that the value is there to play Stafford, which saves me a little bit of money to then put into some other positions if need be. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's interesting. I'm I'm excited to learn more about your model that you're building there. Um, what when you say touches when it comes to the quarterback position, what are you? What is that uh, indication of? Because obviously, you know, the, the team may run the ball or run sixty plays in a game, and the quarterback's going to touch the ball in every play. So. Correct. So touches are defined, uh, in this case, are defined for me as a pass attempt, a rush attempt, or a reception. Okay. So uh, from a quarterback standpoint, uh, you know, receptions don't happen all that often so that you can pretty much throw that one out. I mean, it still gets calculated, but you can throw that one out. Um, gotcha. If they, so, if they throw the ball or they rush. So basically that's, that's Matthew Stafford probably averages – less than two rushes per game i would guess because he's just not a rushing quarterback so you're looking at for him to pass the ball basically 30 times uh, Correct. and 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 that 
does that factor in his completion percentage or so, no it, this this is as basic as it goes uh how many throws did he make how many times did he rush the ball and uh how many receptions did he have uh you know and that that counts as your touch you break it down per game uh how many points is he scoring uh per game per touch and then it gets calculated out and like i said i'll try to get something up here soon to you know really break it down a little bit more so you get a better sense of what it is but um it's not hard for him to get the like i said i'm looking at 3x he needs 28 touches he averages 41 a game okay i it's great man this is what uh you know you guys uh keep listening and spread the word we're, we're working for you we're trying to get you some tools and we're not only are we out there doing research uh, of other uh, tool database sources, but uh, my man JD here is uh, stepping up the game and and creating some of his own tools. So um, just to put things in perspective a little bit for you, uh, from a touches per game standpoint, Stafford is tenth in touches per game. Uh, I mean, he's actually tied a little bit. There's Kyler Murray comes in at fifty touches a game. Again. You know that's where the that's where the rushes come in, right? So you know that that's I, that's great. Um, and and it'll be interesting. You might uncover something here if it um, if this starts working out, and you can fine tune it because Matthew Stafford's pretty low in my model um, on on fantasy labs. So that's kind of why I I wasn't uh, wasn't considering him this week. But we do know that Philly's got a um, pretty much a pass funnel defense where uh, they they don't give up much on the ground, but uh, the, their their D backs aren't very good, so uh, it, it could definitely play out that way for them. Yeah, and if this turns into a uh, like twenty seven twenty four game, the attempts are going to be there. The, and I mean, he's he's averaging uh, just under 0.6 points per touch. And those are DraftKings points. I agree with that. And as we speak, Lenny Fournette just takes off down the big run, big run for Lenny. That that was nice. Sorry, folks. It's Thursday night. We you know we've got the game on while we're recording. Uh, yeah, there's about uh, four minutes left in the fourth quarter, just to give you a sense of time of when. <laughs> when we're doing this yeah so that hurt me more than it helped me i'll tell you that sorry sorry about that uh interruption there uh you know what this week i i'm kind of uh i'm I'm looking at my model that i have out there i've been doing some research on some you know other sites and and so these these picks that i have this week may seem obvious but uh they're they're it's because they're good plays so um, I got uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, obviously, uh, we've seen what has happened to Miami. They've given up 102 points over the first two weeks of the season. And uh, uh, the over-under for this game is 47.5. And, and the implied total for Dallas is 35. I don't think I've ever seen an implied total for uh, a team that high in the NFL, uh, as, at least for as long as I've been looking at these kind of things. Uh, Miami is uh, 
the dead last at a 109% team DVOA versus the pass. And uh, they're, they're giving up a 32.55 DK points per game to the quarterback position. And that just so happens to be Dak's average so far this year. We've seen that offense open up with Kellen Moore as the coordinator there. Um, and and at that 32.55 uh, and his 6,500 uh, price tag, uh, that would in, imply uh, five-time value. Uh, and, and that's going to be good for both gpp and cash lineups and uh one other note is that miami just traded their best player away in minka fitzpatrick so we know they're not trying to win apparently they're trying to give up a record amount of points this year so i mean we're not gonna play all dallas players but i think it'd be pretty safe to play dak you know, it's interesting is you just you just mentioned and going back to what I was saying with these touches per game. Uh, so you mentioned five, five times his value. If he touches, he touches the ball 35 times a game on average for, for the last two games. Uh, in order for him to reach that 5x, he needs 35.33 touches. So it's everything's right in line there. He's got the potential. Mike, and as you mentioned, Mika Fitzpatrick going, he's one of their best defensive players. Uh, it all sets up. My concern is he lost Michael Gallup, who is their uh, downfield, you know, their stretch of the field. And are they really going to need to pass the ball that many times? Uh, I, I'm going to say, so, so Miami is, is that bad that I'm guessing he's going to be uber efficient. So you saw Lamar Jackson only pass the ball – what like twenty times in the in yeah his his efficiency has been amazing yep. in, in the first game. Uh, obviously, Brady had a good game last week as well. Will he have to pass the ball thirty five times? No, but I don't think he'll need to. The Miami's just that bad. So yeah, I mean he can probably get that thirty five touch value uh, at that twenty five, you know that twenty to twenty five touch. Uh, it's a great play. You can't argue with it. Pretty much. Um, if they're playing Miami, you're you're pretty set at this point. You can plug and play. Uh, so I'm not going to argue with it. I was just I was just pointing out that you mentioned the five X. It just I mean it fell right in line. Sure, no no problem. Well, let's go ahead and move on to running back. Um, and and tell me what you like about this guy. All right, so Philip Lindsay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different. Uh, and uh, we'll call it questionable again, if you will. Uh, this one, uh, I kind of went and looked at, uh, I went to a pro football reference and just looked up at how defenses are performing against certain positions. And Green Bay at this point in time is giving up 30.9 DraftKings points per game to running backs. Uh, so they've played the Bears and they've played the Vikings. And I looked at this number and went, this, that can't be right because I know what happened in that, that Bears-Vikings game. And so obviously it's not just to one player. It's, it's at the actual position. Um, and uh, Dalvin Cook just had himself a pretty good game against the Packers. So again, these numbers are a little bit skewed, uh, but they're giving up the fifth most points to running backs. Um, 
At this point in time, Philip Lindsay is averaging uh, 10 points a game. And he's played uh, Oakland, whose uh, defense actually, I mean, they played really well that night, uh, that they played opening night. And then they played the Bears. So they've played two really, I'm not going to say really good. They played an inspired performance, and then they played a really good run defense. And going in this situation where you're going to be catching a lot of balls out of the backfield, most likely, because you're going to be playing from behind, uh, Philip Lindsay at 4,300, just, he just popped to me. I, I, I'm shocked by the uh, number there on the Green Bay defense as well, yeah. because yeah. They, they, they've looked uh, pretty stout on, on the defensive side of the ball thus far. Um, well, the, I mean, again, these numbers are a little bit skewed uh, by uh, Dalvin Cook had one monster run against right. them. And, and again, this is, um, I mean, it's, it's DraftKings points to the running back position. So it's not just rushing attempts. It's taking into account your, you know, your running back reception. So it does, it does play that in there. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, Dalvin went off for what, like 32 points last week or something like that. Um, yeah, he had a big game. Uh, I mean, yeah. let's let's. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell play. you what. I Phil, don't expect him to be a monster or a slate breaker, but it's a value play in a week in a week where I think you actually need one. They're um, yeah at forty three hundred. Uh, it, it is a value. I I don't, I don't know if you need it at um, running back though. There's plenty of value at the wide receiver position this week. Uh, I I will say he does pop. He's the sixth highest running in, in my fantasy labs uh, model here, and they're only projecting him for zero to one percent ownership. So I like m- maybe using it as a GPP play. I they the the problem I have with Denver is they just haven't really you know, shown a whole lot on offense. And, <laughs> they haven't done anything. <laughs> and they've, they've, what, what they have done is they've shown more of a desire to balance the backfield between Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So you don't know if, if he's going to get the opportunity that he needs. Yeah. I looked at that and I, I was checking the, the touches between the two of them. And they're they're very close. Lindsay has the the slight edge uh, in in touches at this point in time. Um, and I mean, there's a hundred there's a hundred dollar difference as far as their price goes. And uh, Freeman's actually more expensive. Yeah. So um, I mean, I I think you could go either way. I lean toward Lindsay uh, for two reasons. One, because he's more likely to be your receiving back, uh, and in PPR, that's that's huge. You know, the, his receiving touches are way more valuable than Freeman's rushing attempts. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, and uh, if they're playing catch up, you're likely to have your receiving back in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Uh, uh, yeah, Ooh. definitely would be GPP <laughs> GPP only for me. Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely, uh, but. Um, yeah, I don't don't want to discount that. So for me, um, I got Christian McCaffrey. He's the top back in my in my model, 
8700 playing at Arizona. Now, uh, there's a little wrinkle in this, and that is that uh, it looks like we're not going to have Cam Newton this week. Uh, rather, uh, it'll be Kyle Allen as of as of this this moment. Uh, but here's what I say: I don't think that's a bad thing for McCaffrey. Uh, Cam Newton has not looked good at all this year. You could tell he's injured. He's not playing his normal game. Um, Kyle Allen, when he played last year, was was very efficient, and uh, I, I think he. I, I don't think you're going to see a drop off. Uh, from the quarterback position, at least uh, from what we've seen in an unhealthy uh, cam so far this year. The over-under on that game is 43.5, and Carolina um, has actually fallen to a projected 20.5 team total. Um, But um, here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey, pound for pound, uh, for my money, is the best running back in the NFL right now. He's, uh, I mean, you got some good guys, but McCaffrey just doesn't come off the field. He's, he's playing um, over 90% of the snaps, which is more than uh, any other running back in the NFL. He leads all running backs um, so far this year with an expected uh, points of 47.2. Uh, and that and that that's a metric uh, that is based off of opportunity. Um, so uh, the the other thing is playing against Arizona in the Cliff Kingsbury offense that that wants to push the pace uh, is going to create more opportunities in the game. And McCaffrey is uh, very efficient with the touches that he does get now he's coming off a bad game last week the all of carolina was good he didn't really get that many touches overall as you would expect but but carolina was playing from behind a lot and um i just think that this is a, a another smash spot for mccaffrey this week yeah it's hard to ever argue uh, when you're talking about playing McCaffrey um, real quick uh, saying he's pound for pound the the best running back I don't know that I'd say that but he is absolutely one of the best used running backs uh, what I mean by that is the team is using him the the smartest way well I just uh, uh, he's, say, he's a small, maybe the Giants he's a smaller back that aren't using Saquon well, I, understand, be. I understand that but I'm <laughs> saying he's a sm- um, little bit smaller than, than Barkley and um just his efficiency is, is yeah. crazy. Real, real quick, the the injury to Newton with Kyle Allen coming in. Um, I think there's one team that actually suffers by losing. The, you know, there there's multiple teams that lost their quarterbacks in this last week, uh, and it looks like the Panthers going to be another one. And I think the only team that really suffers from it is actually uh, the Saints. I think the Steelers stay even, if not potentially get a little bit better. I think the Giants get better. Uh, I think the Panthers um, going to Kyle Allen at worst is a lateral move at this time. The way the way Cam Newton's been playing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I generally speaking, a new QB usually benefits the running back more than anybody else. 
So right, I I agree about um, New Orleans being hurt the most. Uh, um, it'll it'll remain to be seen about Pittsburgh. Um, I, I don't maybe maybe Ben's been hurt for a couple of weeks too. I don't I don't know. I think that that team overall is just trying to find its identity after losing uh, two of their stars in the last two years. So um, let's go ahead and move on to the wide receiver position then. All right. This week I am looking at Calvin Ridley. Uh, another guy, uh, 5,300, so good value there. Uh, through two games, he has uh, 12 receptions on 16 targets, 169 yards, two touchdowns. He is averaging 14 yards per reception. Uh, he's at like 21 drafting points per game. And Indy is actually giving up 28.3 points per game to wide receivers. Now, that, that's actually... Uh, pretty good. I think they're like they're in the top five or something as far as uh, defense against the receiver. Um, but they went against a Chargers team that had no offensive line and didn't really have a whole lot of time to do anything. Um, and then uh, I'm struggling off the top of my head to remember who they played last week. But they're oh, they played Tennessee. Uh, okay, so Tennessee, whose defensive unit is actually pretty good. Um, so they've had some some tough goes of it. Um, but Sorry. Tennessee has Sorry. terrible. Sorry, the other way around. Sorry, <laughs> terrible receiving Sorry. course. Looking uh, it back at that way, Tennessee's offense has been sh- struggling as far as a uh, receiving standpoint. Uh, so they haven't really gone up against anybody that's got uh, an offensive prowess with the capabilities that the Falcons have. Uh, so now you got to deal with the likes of a uh, Julio Jones, a Mohamed Sanu, a Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. Um, I just think he's in a really good spot at the price that he's at right now. Um, he's averaging six touches per game uh, in total here. And in order for him to hit a 4X, which is where I'm looking more in my, my tourney standpoint, he needs less than those six touches. Um, so he popped out to me right away uh, as a guy that's going to be an easy 3X in this situation. Uh, it's, it's interesting. This game is a 47 uh, total and uh, both teams are real close. Indy Indy is implied for twenty four versus twenty three for Atlanta. So these close games can sometimes turn into shootouts. We know that Atlanta's been struggling on the ground so far this year, which uh, interesting enough, Indianapolis kind of got gashed by Austin Eckler in that first game. Um, but uh, I I don't uh, I don't have too much bad to say about Calvin Ridley. Um, he's that that offense definitely looks a little bit more dangerous and balanced when you got two tough wide receivers on the outside. Um, so. I, I don't know. The, Atlanta looked terrible in week one. They looked uh, quite a bit better last week against Philadelphia, but Philadelphia's got some bad defensive backs, as as I was talking about before. So uh, This is one of my riskier plays. I'll actually say, like, this is, to me, my my riskiest play this week. Well, um, but he's also a home run hitter. Oh, for sure. He's a, he's, he's a guy that uh, can take any one of his – touches 
to the house. And so when you're talking about a guy like that, uh, if he catches two balls and he goes for 60 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know, you're at 3x already. Well, so. I'll tell you what, he, he comes in at, uh, at, at the seventh uh, best rated under under my fantasy labs model. Um, he he does have he, he does have that boomer bust potential. Um, yes. But absolutely, um, he he's not somebody I hate to play. It's been interesting. Julio's uh, not had a what I would call a great game this thus far this year, but he does have a couple of touchdowns, <laughs> which is a little out of character for him. So we're, yeah, we're, he salvaged last week with a nice little catch and run. We're kind of seeing. I don't know. I don't want to call it changing of the guard between you know with these receivers, oh, no. but we definitely see that um, that Calvin Ridley is uh, is coming into his own a bit. So I like I think, that. I think overall, if you're if you're talking about a non elite uh, receiver, uh, so take out your Julio's, uh, your Hopkins. Um, your Michael Thomas, you, your production fantasy-wise is starting to come more from the slot position, which benefits a guy like Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, again, unless you're one of those right. Well, and true number one, and we'll wonder, we'll we'll see if that uh, if that uh, defensive mind uh, uh, game planning starts to take a shift where where teams may try to put some better cornerbacks on the inside to cover the slot receiver than, yep. than the outside. So that's something we'll have to watch for. But, yeah, definitely, uh, traditionally, the better cornerbacks have been the outside guys, and and that slot corner has been, you know, the, the third the third guy. And speaking of slot corners, uh, I'm going to segue into my play, and this guy is my uh, value of the week. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Philadelphia, only 3,600. And the reason I, I talk about slot corner is he's got a matchup against Detroit uh, whose slot corner is Justin Coleman, and he's the most targeted slot corner in the NFL because he stinks. <laughs> the Detroit has just been really bad against, against the slot position. And, uh, you know, Aguilar who has been running as the number three wide receiver uh, so far for Philly, now probably moves up into the number one role uh, with uh, with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey uh, most likely missing uh, at least this week. And, uh, you know, they've got some rookies and everything, but Aguilar is going to be the veteran. And, and we saw on Sunday night when they were – playing against Atlanta that Aguilar just got peppered with targets from the slot position. Um, and, and at 3,600, it, it's, it's real hard to pass up. The uh, Eagles are the home team here. The uh, over under for the game is 46 and, and Philly has an implied total of 26. Yeah. He, the price is screaming, play me. Because you got to believe that he's going to be uh, number one, or uh, you know, at worst, number two in targets in this game uh, from a Philadelphia I'm, standpoint. I'm going to guess number two behind Ertz. Ertz. My my one concern is, I mean, you mentioned you know Coleman being their slot corner. Um, Darius Slay tends to follow whoever the the number one receiver is going to be that week. Um, 
I I have concerns that if you put Slay on Agalor, that Agalor will struggle really bad. Uh, that being said, Keenan Allen just ripped <laughs> ripped the Lions up for uh, eight and ninety eight because he missed that uh, two yards for a hundred point bonus, which hurt a little bit. But um, that'd be my only concern with this play. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think I don't think Slay really normally comes into the into the uh, middle though. And, you know, they do have a, a decent, uh, um, decent sized rookie that, that people are looking at that, uh, was it JJ Arcega Whiteside? Is that? Arcega. Arcega. Whatever. Something like that. Sega. <laughs> yeah. So, um, should be interesting. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be surprised to see, uh, Slay try to, uh, blanket hurts a little bit too so uh, I, oh, like I said, that's anyway, my anyway. At, at that at that if at the volume that he's going to get right or we expect him to get 3600 it's the same thing that i was talking about with hawkinson earlier is that the anticipated volume of being six plus targets for a price of under four thousand is it screams put me in your line and, and i think you can project Aguilar easily for 10 to 12 targets this week so uh yeah if that game turns into a score machine then yes uh, so i i don't know you know he's probably going to come pretty highly owned but it's one of those pieces that i don't want to miss in the puzzle because it's it's a small piece at 3600 i totally agree so let's go ahead and move on to what what is seemingly becoming the most difficult per, uh, position to to figure out, and I I guess that's probably not much different from any other position, but tight end. Yeah, when you're talking about tight end, it seems like it's a little bit harder to do because your your pool of players is so much smaller, but the differentiation between the top and bottom is ridiculous. Um, I'm looking at Jared Cook this week uh this guy has pretty much done nothing compared to what the anticipation was you know everybody was so excited he came to the saints they're going to start using him a little bit more like jimmy graham you finally have got a move tight end that you can use and he hadn't really done anything until uh drew Brees' thumb got in a boxing match with aaron donald and lost uh then bridgewater comes in and jared cook all of a sudden is getting targeted a lot and i'm hoping especially since I plan on playing Cook, uh, that that, uh, that trend will continue and that Bridgewater will be looking Thomas, Kamara, Cook. Boy, and, I sure hope so. Um, at 3,800, if I can get him targeted a couple of times, you know, five to six targets, uh, he should fill in enough value at that position uh, to to keep me afloat and put me in contention, and if he if he goes up a little bit more and he actually does something with those receptions, I'd be happy about it. Um, he did end up with seven targets last week after Bridgewater took over, so if he does that again, I'll be very happy. Um, and Seattle is actually giving up twenty points a game to tight ends. Uh, that's fourth in the league right now, the fourth most points. Uh, so he he's got a real opportunity here. Uh, to be used and used well and produce out of it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I really hope so. This is my uh, season long tight end. I expected a lot more than what we've gotten. 
uh, hopefully Bridgewater <clears throat> is a little more settled in the pocket this week because uh, he looked really spooked when he came into that game against L- well, L.A. He, he won't be going against Aaron Donald this week. Well, he, he didn't go th- <laughs> against Aaron Donald for the whole game last week because Donald got hurt, but um, for part of that game was, was missing – I, I he just aired anytime anybody got close to him and I by close to me him I mean the ball was snapped he he started jittery feet and he he just uh did not look good and that's why uh when I you said New Orleans is hurt the most I I agree uh, I actually won't be surprised if we see a lot more uh Taysom Hill packages uh than than we had been um, which will hurt because anytime Taysom Hill's in the game, uh, he's going to rush. Uh, yes, that typically that's what happens, but I think that they may try to use him a little bit in the passing game too. It, it doesn't matter. I, I think uh, Cook, uh, interesting GPP play. I'm still too leery on his usage to, to try to play him in a cash lineup. But... Uh, it's funny you said uh, the guy one of the most uh, disappointing so far. I, only behind O.J. Howard, right, buddy? Oh my God, that guy's killing me. <laughs> that's it. That, that's just a guy that should be used on a regular basis. My problem is I don't know how much of it's Arians and how much of it's Winston. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, talk talk about another QB that needs to be on a really short leash. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well. Um, the guy I, I'm talking up here this week is, is not really a surprise. Like I say, I'm, I'm looking at guys that are ranking high in my models based on their prices, their opportunity and whatnot, uh, coming forward. And it's Mark Andrews. Um, he's, uh, on pro football focus this week. He's the fourth rated, uh, tight end. He's actually the top rated tight end in, in, in my model. He's got the second most receptions and the most yards for a tight end thus far in, in the NFL. Pro Football Focus uh, has him rated out with a player rate of 93.4. Uh, this game is <laughs> it's got the slate high, uh, as as is almost every week with, with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, a slate high 52 over-under, uh, and and. Baltimore's got the uh, twenty-three point two five team total. Uh, he's gonna have to. Baltimore's gonna have to score some points to try to keep pace with with that high power Kansas City offense. Uh, so, uh, and Mark Andrews seems to be his his favorite guy thus far. Uh, I mean, aside from Hollywood Brown, but. It's uh, I, I'm looking forward to this game. I think Baltimore has kind of shifted from that, you know, all defense all the time type mentality. And, and obviously we know what Kansas city has been doing. So uh, Mark Andrews to me at 4,600, I, I think as we get closer to the end of the year, this guy might be priced up closer to that uh, Kittle and Ertz range on a week to week basis. So this, this might be the opportunity. This might be the cheapest we see him for a while. Yeah. If 
if they keep doing what they're doing where uh, i mean jackson is uh it's like andrews is his first read uh, which is understandable um and i don't think that's going to change in this game um if this keeps up he's going to be priced up with those guys by week six i don't think it'll take that long um you can't ignore the the production uh, that they're having uh, it, it just, you can't argue with an Andrews play at this point in time. The guy's a monster right now. He, he scored 56 drafting points at this point in time. Uh, he's getting eight touches a game, which is it's just kind of crazy. For I mean, that's that's your top five tight end. That's your, you know, what was it, the Royal Trio they've been calling the, the three tight ends. Um, you know, he's just he's getting the looks, and he's producing with them because they're scheming them open. Um at 4,600, you're getting a really cheap receiver at that point in time. So, you, you agree, you totally got to play him this week. Right, right on, brother. So, uh, I think that's, uh, we're, we're getting close to wrapping things up, but uh, we keep throwing out uh, some some bad calls that we're, we're not, our, our bad call of the week is not supposed to be actually a bad call. Yeah, but you're you're two for two. I, really. I am, I am. That's for sure. You know, this is supposed to be something that's that's a little thinner play, but that, that we've got some conviction on. So, uh, are you are you convicted on anything? Uh, should I be convicted? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to what to say there. Um, I don't really have a guy at this point in time that I'm saying you need to play this guy. Um, yeah, I don't have one that I'm really comfortable with saying. So I will just throw I will throw this one out there for you that um, I think. Ooh, do I really want to do this? Well, while you're while you're trying to decide, I'm going to throw a guy out here who is really it's it's not going to be risky too risky just because of the price standpoint and it, and it goes along with my Dak Prescott play somebody you might not be familiar with uh Devin Smith uh yeah. wide receiver mm-hmm. 3400 and uh with Michael Gallup being injured uh, he's going to be running as the two uh in the receiver offense there so I like this guy as a, a prop, uh, possible uh, boom play in in a matchup that should be easy to win. Yeah, he was he was on my um, short list. Um, I'm going to go back to the um, Baltimore Kansas City game. I think this guy's priced a little high, uh, personally. Uh, but Mahomes came out and said that he he told this guy just to put his foot on the gas, just, just run as fast as you can, and I'll get you the ball. So I'm going to look at uh, Mecole Hardman uh, going up against a tough defense. Uh, I'm going to see if they use him more as a, a Tyreek Hill-type position and if he can't produce against Baltimore in the same fashion that Hill did last year. Well, he just missed on on – converting on a big play last week uh just so happened that demarcus robinson had the headlines uh 
I still think Sammy Watkins is number one, even even though you know Robinson had all all the stats last week. Um, and but I I do like Miko Hardman. He's not quite a Tyreek Hill, but but he's 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 trying to play that role. Um, he he doesn't have the nuanced route running that Hill does, right. and he doesn't have that same rapport. But he is fast, and when you've got a guy in Mahomes that is saying, "You run, I will get you the ball," uh, it just opens up possibilities. Take the top off that defense a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I'll 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 do it like this. I'll say my bad call is that Hardman outscores Demarcus Robinson this week. Okay. Well, I don't think that's going out. Not on it's not a it's not a huge stretch. <laughs> You know, I'm standing if, on a pretty solid branch. If, but uh, <laughs> if you were going to say he outscores Sammy, I'd I'd be a little more impressed. But um, I I, yeah, I am risk averse. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, well, that we sure know. Uh, but but with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, JD, tell tell everyone where they can uh, reach out and touch you. Um, nowhere, uh, but you can You're married. Uh, you need that. <laughs> hit me up on my social media accounts uh, on Twitter and Instagram at JDWest22. Uh, hit me up. Let's talk. Great. And you can find me at Justin M. West on Twitter. Instagram is JMW1977. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Another Bad Call. Email us, anotherbadcall at gmail.com. And check out my weekly blog uh, uh, of my results on anotherbadcall.com. So, for JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.